Blog Talk Radio.
small talk in. You got a small three iron sharpening iron uh blog talk radio that is worldwide web. We're getting ready to uh just let God have his way on tonight. I'm checking to see if uh Minister Ron and Mother Tony are on the line so that we can get into the program because they have today. And even in the time that we are talking that we don't have a lot of time. It seemed like it go by so fast. So I want to ask those that's on Blog Talk Radio, if they're not a part of the ministry, to please put their phones on mute because it is a digital station and we can hear everything, even if somebody's in the kitchen running water. Believe me, I know we can hear. So I'm going to check to see if uh, Mother Tony and Elder Ron is on the line. Mother Tony, are you on the line? Yes, I am. Yes, I am. Okay, well, I I am so happy to have you on the line so that we can um, get started. I have been talking on Facebook uh, about how we talk about family and marriage to what the Word says, and um, I would like to just turn it over to you so that you can um, go on and... uh, Lead us in prayer of what you have. Okay, and then Ron, are you there? Ron? Yes, I'm here. I'm here in Garland, Texas. Okay, and I'm here in in Maryland. So we are uh, in different places, but always together, always together. Amen. So let's let's open up with a word of prayer. we are are going to uh, talk about the benefits of a new life in Christ, and uh, and how that is reflected in our family, how it reflects in our friendships, how it reflects in how we interact with people every day. So let's go through the throne room. Oh God, our Father, how wonderful you are. We come, Lord God, and we stand in your presence this evening, asking you, Lord, to have your Holy Spirit in just uh, invade our minds, our hearts, as those who are listening, and to Ron and myself as we, Lord, administer to the body of Christ tonight. We ask God that you uh, undertake for all of those that have tuned in and those that will hear this in the archive, that you, Lord God, will open their understanding that you have given them such opportunities to be uh, brand new and and to be able to walk, Lord, uh, according to your word. And so we thank you, Lord God, for this, my husband, my covering tonight as he delivers the word. I will be here, Lord God, but I am so excited about what you have given him to share with the body. And so I just ask that you just bless us as we, Lord God, bless your people. These things we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 So exploring the benefits of living the new nature of Christ. And as I thought about this, and and Ron has, uh, you know, we, we shared and talked about Ephesians 4, uh, 17 through 24, it made me really think about this new um, 
transformation that we have had this year with this with with weight loss and being able to have a new lifestyle, a, a going through a process that really has benefited us just not losing weight but being able to shed off some of these medical issues. And so it, it just makes me think about how God will uh, provide for you everything that you need. So, you know, God has given his children a complete new nature. We, we, we don't have to, we don't look like we used to look. We don't act like we used to act. We don't talk like we used to talk. He's given us new family as we come into the body of Christ. He's given us a new future as he carves our and orders our steps. So when we live according, and, and so we don't live according to the old nature anymore. We, we don't do that. We've exchanged a, our life for a greater possibility, one that is beyond our imagination. And so in this passage, Paul reminds us of who we really are in Christ and why we must put aside that old nature, those old things we used to do, the food we used to eat, we don't eat no more, the things we used to do, and that we would clothe ourselves with this new nature, this this character, this thought, actions of Christ, that we would take on the character of our our Lord and Savior. And so in this message, uh, we, we just really want you to look at what God has called us to be. I'm going to read some scripture, the scripture to you that really talks about living in the nature of Christ. In Ephesians 4, 17 through 24, in the New Living Translation, it reads, with the Lord's authority, I say this. This is Paul talking. Live no longer as the Gentiles do. We're not, we're not going to live like people that don't know Christ. For they are, y'all, hopelessly confused. Their minds are full of darkness. They wander far from the life of God and, I'm sorry, uh, wanders far from the life God gives because they are closed, they have closed their minds and hardened their hearts against him. They have no sense, y'all, of shame. And this is Remind you of what we're dealing with today as you look on the Internet, as you see social media, people doing and saying anything. Yeah. Their life, uh, they live for lustful pleasures and eagerly practice every kind of impurity. Yeah. And so we, we just really know that we're not going to live like a Gentile. But, 20 says, but that isn't what we learned about Christ. So now we're going to talk about our thing. Since you have heard about Jesus and have learned the truth that comes from him, throw off your old sinful nature and your former way of life, which is corrupted by lust and deception. Instead, let the Spirit renew your thoughts and your attitude. Put on your new nature, created to be like God, 
truly righteous and holy. Y'all, Paul is telling us, look, we don't have to live like we used to live. We don't have to do what we used to do because we have come to a better understanding of what real life is. God said he wants us to have life in it more abundantly. And so we live in that. So I want to introduce to many and my covering, my husband, Ron Montgomery, Minister Ron Montgomery, who is going to uh, continue giving us clarity on this new life. Ron, are you there? Thank you, my love of my life. <laughs> I'm giving honor unto God and unto my Savior, my Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, for the privilege of sharing his word. I want to thank Minister Sylvia Kaiser and Apostle Alexa Sylvia Kaiser for being blessed to provide this platform for the purpose and the ability to expose the entire planet to the word of God. I'm a former U.S. Air Force navigator, so I draw a lot of my examples from military experience. The lessons exemplified in these examples apply to our marriage, family, and church-family relationships. Now, in modern warfare, one of the biggest dangers to troops is not knowing who is friend and who is foe. In the first days of the U.S. and British invasion of Iraq, the American Patriot missile shot down a British tomato fighter bomber. While near Basra, one British challenger tank destroyed another. Then, in a disturbing echo of events in the 1991 Gulf War, an American A-10 plane destroyed a British armored vehicle. These types of tragedies of the troops on the same side of the conflict destroying their allies is referred to as friendly fire. Too often in modern warfare, it isn't just battlefield mistakes or misidentified targets that are to blame. Scott Snoop, former head of the Center for Leadership and Organization at the West Point Military Academy in New York, says, inter-service rivalry and the difference in cultures between Army and Air Force, and even within those branches of the military, are very rarely addressed. They are often the biggest contributor to friendly fire. As an example, he cites the shooting down of two U.S. Army Black Hawk helicopters by two U.S. Air Force F-15s in the no-fly zone over northern Iraq in 1994. The event which killed 26 servicemen. It occurred in part because the jet pilots had no record that the helicopters would be in the area. When asked why the Black Hawks had not been in mission street detailing the aircraft in the air that day, U.S. Air Force service person who was responsible said, we don't consider helicopters to be aircraft. Now, to be fair, the official Department of Defense Inquiry into the 1994 Black Hawk incident found a string of errors on top of the failure to list the helicopters as aircraft. The helicopters used the wrong ID codes and radio frequencies for the no-fly zone, and the radios in the Air Force's F-15 used anti-jamming technology 
that made them incompatible with radios and army helicopters. Friendly fire deaths are called a form of fratricide, murder of one's brother. In the Gulf War, friendly fire accounted for 17% of American deaths. During World War II, tens of thousands were killed by their fellow soldiers. And by some estimates, 75,000 French soldiers alone were killed by their own troops in the First World War. That was 5% of all the military there. Now, in today's scripture, I want to continue where Tony left off. Ephesians 4, I'm going to go through 25 through 32. Paul is reminding us that while we have a completely new nature in Christ as children of God, it's still possible to violate that new person we are and engage in old nature behavior. When we do, we not only damage the image of Christ in us, we do damage to the family of God, the church of which God has made us an important part. Whether we do it intentionally or unintentionally, the effect is the same. Casualties of friendly fire. Paul will give us at least five specific violations here to our spiritual rules of engagement. And this battle we're all in. We're going to look at each one in a moment. But before we do, I just want to remind you that what is at stake here with these and every other sin we choose to engage in. The passage for this evening is going to illustrate for us why sin is so damaging to the family of God, the church. But that is really the second reason why God is calling us to engage in sin anymore as God's kids. The first reason was that he said previously, because it goes against all that we now are in our deepest core as born again children of God. Look at verse 24, which reminds us that this new you, this new self that God has given us is all about. Paul says that we were taught to put on your new nature, created to be like God, truly righteous and holy. Remember how we talked about the new self that we put on as being something God has already done? God isn't asking us to make ourselves new. He's telling us he has already done that. That is why we as God's children should always be more bothered and miserable about our sin than our friends and neighbors who might be doing the same sin but aren't children of God. Okay. Ron, are you there? I'm sorry. <laughs> I had to, I had to uh, clear my throat. I'm, I'm having a little bit of a coughing fit. I'm sorry. I, I, went, I went silent there for a minute. Take your time. <laughs> now, God is not asking us to make ourselves new. He's already telling us that he's done that. And that's why we as God's children should always be more bothered. And miserable our sin than our friends and neighbors who are doing the same sin. But they aren't children of God. We're actually different people. 
new creations, as Paul said in 2 Corinthians 5.17. From our new birth in Christ on, life for us will only really be found in righteous and holy living. That's what God is, and that's what the new you has been created to be. Let me illustrate it in this way. Give me a moment again. Okay, now, let me, I thank you for for bearing with me. I've got a little bit of a frog in my throat, and I'm having a tough time clearing it. Um, I may be taking a sip of water periodically, but please excuse the interruption. Now, I want you to try to imagine, I know this is an imagination now, and I'm going to paint a scenario so we can get a very, very clear picture of the difference between living God's way and living the world's way. Try to imagine that your mother was a teenage street girl, one of hundreds of thousands in some squalid slum in some third world metropolis. Never knew exactly who your father was. But it wouldn't have mattered anyway due to the moral standards of that society. There was no such thing as paternity responsibility or support in this metropolis. Even before you were born, your fate was set. You had joined the ranks of the impoverished and abused destitute of that world. You were born. Your mother hardly gave you the time of death. Her addictions were completely dominating her life. You were just an unfortunate product of her out-of-control lifestyle. You lived in absolute squalor. Your hair infested with night, your skin constantly bitten by fleas and bedbugs. Your face was scarred by festering sores. Sometimes you had food, but most of the time you didn't. Hours at a time, you were left to pray or cry from hunger and neglect or sit in your own filth alone. It was not a childhood, even an animal should have to endure. I could go on chronicling year after year the growing abuse that you suffered as a child. The neglect was horrible enough, but the abuse was horrific. In one day, out of nowhere, someone from a different part of the world, someone who spoke a different language, visited your son. There was something unique about him. His kind and gentle face didn't seem to match his rough, muscular, yet scarred physique. His simple, clean clothes were so different from the filthy, tattered ones of everyone in your slum. What happened? You're not quite sure. But through a course of events, you still can't fully understand. To this day, you were invited to join this man's family. You were taken to a city whose buildings and water were clean, whose food was plentiful, whose air was unpolluted. You were shown to this man's personal mansion and taken to your very own bedroom, larger and packed with more things than you and ever seen an entire family have in your slum. There were house servants on every floor, tutors for every subject. Coaches for every sport of magic. You were awakened each day with a loving embrace 
and put to bed every night with a personal prayer. Nothing from kind affection to loving discipline was missing. It wasn't exactly heaven as you imagine it. There were still chores to do, homework to complete, and discipline to maintain. You still got corrected and punished, and you still didn't like that. But you find yourself learning a new way of life, a new language, a new family culture, a new set of friends, and even a new way of living. Fighting for survival has been replaced with more love, more opportunities, and more privileges than you had ever dreamed even existed, let alone could ever be yours. But there was one more thing that made your story almost unbelievable. None of this opportunity and blessing was ever forced on you. From the very beginning, it had been made clear that you could leave at any time. At any time, you could return to that life of poverty, of addiction, of squalor, and abuse. You could revert to your old mother tongue. You could keep on staying, stinking, pre-infested beds, and making your head home to life again. You could don the thorn and the filthy clothes of your former life. You could sing for yourself and fight for every handful of rotten food. The choice is yours. The only life of squalor or the new you. Great. Every day, that choice is yours. Several times a day. Seated here today, every one of us would wonder why such a child would ever choose anything but the new life of grace and opportunity. So why is it that we so often choose the life of poverty and squalor to come to the life of Christ versus our whole life of the flesh? Our loving Father offers us opportunity and riches far greater than those of any earthly billionaire, yet we run away from it all, all the time, time and time again, just to go back to what is familiar. We choose headlights and rotten food over heartfelt love and real family. Why? It makes no sense when you step back and look at sin versus the Savior. It makes no sense when you see that sin does to a person, a family, or a church, and what God the Father does for people, families, and churches. Yet time and time again, by the millions, we wander away from the Father and back into spiritual poverty. Now, that's what Paul is speaking to when he gives several specific commands in Ephesians 4, 25 to 32. We'll pick up where Tony left off. Let's read this passage together. Pull out your Bibles. Pull out your phone. Pull out your pad. Ephesians, the fourth chapter, starting at the 25th verse. 25. Therefore, each of you must put off falsehood and speak truthfully to his neighbor. For we all are members of one body. 26. In your anger, don't, do not sin. Do not let the sun go down while you are still angry. <coughs> 27. 
And do not give the devil a foothold. 28. He who has been stealing must steal no longer, but must work doing something useful with his own hands, that he may have something to share with those in need. 29. Do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouth, but only what is helpful for building others up according to their needs, that it may benefit those who listen. 30. And do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God, with whom you are sealed for the day of redemption. 31. Get rid of all bitterness, rage, and anger, brawling, slander, along with every form of matter. And 32. Be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other, just as Christ God <coughs> Rather than have me yak on and on about each of these commands, I want you to be the mouthpieces of the Spirit of God this evening. Here's what we're going to do. There are five specific points in this passage. Five particular sins that are a danger to every one of us. You may find that one sin is a greater trap to you than the other. This certainly isn't an exhaustive list of sins, so you may not find your own particular magic sin even in this pile. But you will find sins that ambush each of us. For whatever reason, Paul is singing out these five sins to illustrate the kind of process and transformation God wants to happen to every child of his in every area of our lives. Now, if you chose these five deadly sins because of the negative impact they have on our spouse, our children, the family of God, the church. It's good that Paul is thinking particularly about what these sins do to our relationship with Christ and with each other. So here are the five deadly sins Paul chooses to illustrate the old life we have left. Ephesians chapter 4. Wait a minute, before I say I'm going to get this cough out of me. <coughs> a little while. Okay, are you with me? Yes. Ephesians chapter 4. The five deadly yes. sins. The first one is in verse 25. Falsehood or lying. The second one is from verse 26. Anger. The third one is from verse 28. Stealing. The fourth one is from verse 29. Unwholesome talk. And the fifth one is from verse 31. Bitterness and slander. Now, here's your homework. (laughs) No, 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 I'm just kidding. (laughs) But here's a study you could do by yourself with your spouse, your children, small groups, etc. You don't have to write this down. Just listen. I'm going to give you an uh, email address from where we will send you the notes. Okay? So just pay attention. First of all, you're going to choose one of the five sins. Okay? Now, this is a personal study that you're going to do. Either with yourself or with your spouse, your children, small groups. So first of all, you're going to go to this list and choose one of the five sins and define it. The standard definition will do, for example, stealing means 
take another person's property without permission or legal right and without intending to return it. Okay? So after you define the sin, you're going to answer these three questions about it. First, you're going to contemplate if you're doing this alone or discuss if you're doing it with a group how you see this sin manifest itself in our culture today. You know, what has become some socially acceptable ways of practicing this sin, like as long as you don't get caught. Second question, what damage does this sin do to the church, to our relationships together as followers of Jesus specifically? Okay. And three, third question, what is its positive or proper counterpart? You know, like the opposite of lying is telling the truth. And how do these positive, proper counterparts bring blessings to the church, your spouse, and your family? Okay. Now, (coughs) that's the assignment. I want you to write down this email address, tap it into your your phone or tap it into your tablet, and uh, ask for the five sins notes of this album. Uh, Send me that stuff Tony around for me. And you're going to email us at godsfamilyandmarriage at gmail.com. And I'll email the notes back to you. Just send us an email to godsfamilyandmarriage at gmail.com. No spaces, and it's not case sensitive. So that's godsfamilyandmarriage, it's G-O-D-S-F-A-M-I-L-Y. A-N-D-M-A-R-R-I-A-G-E at gmail.com. God's family and marriage at gmail.com. Okay? And please, if you have any other concerns, use that same email to contact us. Thank you so much for your attention, and thank you for, for just providing me with this platform to speak the word of God. Back to you, Tony. Well, praise God. Praise God. Thank you, Ron, for spelling it out, helping us look at those five sins and and to uh, recognize that we, as the body of Christ, don't want to provide friendly fire. We want to make sure that we are building up the body, building up each other, building up our spouses, building up our children, building up the family of God. So we want to be uh, found faithful to do that. And so I just uh, thank you for your words of encouragement tonight that uh, that is something that we can do and uh, and be found faithful. And don't fall into the prayer, well, that's just me, because God is not calling for just me. He's calling for uh, that, that upright man that upright woman that's willing to do their to do his work according to his claim. So we thank you for that. From Ephesians, he uh, was writing the, the, the church, getting them to know that there was a particular standard that God was holding them to and that there are benefits from the fruit of being able to follow God's claim. So with that in mind, Minister Sylvia, we're going to put it back into your hands. Okay, thank you so much, 
there's a young lady that texted on Facebook. Um, I think her first name is Shaquita, but her last name is Green. She says, good evening. Please pray for me and my three children. We have no food. Don't, mm. uh, God don't hear me, hear us, new here. So I text her back and I said, God hears your prayer. Keep praying and trust God's plan. So um, she texted back. Where is it? That's what I'm saying. She texted mm-hmm. back and said it was hard. I said, where are you from? She said, uh, Pinewood, South Carolina. So I asked mm-hmm. her. Is there a church there you can go to? Because it, when you pray, you have to believe what you are praying about and feeling mm-hmm. that like God don't hear you know don't hear you. You got to believe that mm-hmm. God hears you when you pray. You can't pray and give Him options and stuff like that. You have to pray and believe what you're praying. So she uh, she's asking for prayer for her and her three children. Okay. And they're in South Carolina. Yeah. We we know a couple in South Carolina, but I don't know how close to her. Mm-hmm. But uh, we're going to pray and then see if we can um, find a resource. Because there's normally a food bank somewhere. I know. That's what I was asking. Yeah, to the church or I'll type in. Is there a food bank? Because mm-hmm. a, a lot of times they, they will, uh, especially with this time of year, they uh, will yeah. uh, bless families with food. Churches are, are uh, you know, many of them partner with food banks so they can provide support. And... Uh, I don't know anybody in South Carolina, ministry in South Carolina. Do you have a contact information? Um, oh, I don't have any contact information on her. She just said that she's in, um, uh, what's that, Finworm. That's what she said, Finworm, South Carolina. Mm-hmm. So, I don't know. Uh, minister Sylvia. Um, this is Cecilia. Can you send me her information? I actually have a a, a battle buddy that's down there that's um, well known in the South Carolina area. So if you could send me her information, then I'll send it to um, the evangelist that I know that um, she'll try to make sure she gets her something, I'm sure. Praise God. Praise. I'm putting on there, if you could send me your information, please inbox me. Mm-hmm. There you go, the body of Christ, supporting the body of Christ. Mm-hmm. Praise God. Mm-hmm. Amen. Mm-hmm. Amen. Amen. The blessing she was on blog talk. Yeah, yeah, she's on Facebook. So since she's on Facebook listening in, I hope she just heard the um, information that was put out there. So I'll put it, if you can right. send me your info, please inbox me so we can get you some help. You know, so. And don't forget uh, um, that if she, if she clicked on your page, you can always click on her name. And so 
even if she doesn't send it to you, we can be proactive and uh, contact her. Mm-hmm. Okay. Oh, I'm going I'm to click on her name after the program. Cause mm-hmm. Okay. Well, praise God. Mm. Yeah, it says she lives in Pinwood, South Dakota. I'm going to add her as a friend. Mm-hmm. And, um, She's in South Dakota, not South Carolina? South Carolina. South Pinwood, South Carolina. Mm-hmm. So, Miss Green, if you're still looking in, I just sent you a friend request. So accept my friend request, and uh, we can get you some help. Because God said we have not because we ask not. But because you ask, we're going to get you some help. We'll mm. do whatever God wants us to do. Yes, ma'am. Right, that's right. That's right. Mm. So she asked mm. for prayer. Okay. We will, we will pray for her. So, Father, right now we come. We come and we just bring you, um, Sister Green and her children. Lord, we're asking that you send um, send her the help that she needs right now in the, in the middle of her situation. She needs some uh, the hand of God to intervene on her behalf. Like he did for Elijah when uh, you had him out there in the wilderness and, and, and he went and he saw the, uh, the, the widow and, and she only had a little left, but being obedient to what the, what the word of God, what the man of God told her to do, it blessed her family. And so, God, we, we need for you to intervene for this family right now, that she will, will hear, Lord, from the body, that she will respond, that we could give her that, 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 uh, that special care that you've already given the body to provide. Uh, so there will not be any friendly fire, Lord God, but there will be friendly support as we show her what the hand of God looks like in flesh and blood. So we're just asking that you undertake for her right now to help her know that she's not in a hopeless situation, but she serves a true and living God, and that her faith will provide what she needs. We ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 We trust God. We trust God. We trust God's plan. So I'm going to open the lines up for blog talk to see if anybody has any comments they would like to excuse me share with us on tonight the lines are open excuse me good evening minister sylvia this is carmita from las vegas and good evening apostle elect cecilia and ministers ron and tony Again, you hit the ball right out of the ballpark. Tony's opening statement, uh, a new future when uh, we choose to live according to God. And I believe you said take on the Lord's character. Um, Ron's analogy fits right together with that opening statement. Because then it put in my mind uh, Romans twelve two. Uh, 
uh, renewing your mind, changing the way that you think to create a better, better life for yourself. Be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Okay. And so when he talked about uh, this woman living in squalor and she had an opportunity to change her life, and see, to me, that meant uh, coming out of sin, coming out of that squalor, renewing her mind, yeah. a new future for herself. Follow God, because the world uh, seeks to, to mold us and conform mm-hmm. us, and some people go along willingly. Mm-hmm. And see, God, mm-hmm. oh, I've got to figure out how to word this. God's throne is in heaven and earth is his footstool. So anything that goes on here, and if we follow what goes on here and believe in what goes on here, we're we're dooming ourselves. Okay, the better life is to follow God because the world has fallen and it does not live by truth. So with God, there's truth, there's hope, there's love. You know, there's it's uh, an abundance as Tony yes. said, of life in that. So this was this has got uh, a lot of layers to it, and I really enjoyed it. I really enjoyed it. And thank you so much. Praise God. Yeah, so much. God. Yeah. Amen, amen. Thank you, Camila. Is there anyone else who would like to speak at this time? Hello. 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 Can you hear me? Yes. Go ahead. Okay. How you doing? This is uh Randy. Um, hey, Randy. I just want to say uh, hey, and uh, happy birthday, Cuz. Um, <laughs> it's always um refreshing when I hear uh my aunt uncle speak um because. I have been, or at least my rendition of a husband, and I've been in, in relationships as, as many people have, and it's such a difference when you use God as the foundation. You know, it, it, it really permeates and it shows. It's not that they are perfect people. There are no perfect people. But it's, it's like they built their house on a rock, so it will weather those storms that tear a lot of our relationships down. And I just wanted to... Uh, just uh, offer my appreciation and for your dedication and for your love and for your uh, living example. It's, it's 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 a lot easier to be the lips and the mouth of Jesus than it is to be the hands and the feet. So just know that it does not go um, unseen. And I love you both. Thank you, Randy. Thank you, Randy. Thank you so much. We'd love to hear from you, Randy. Is there anyone else listening? Yeah. And that would like to speak at this time. Shahan Khan, thanks for joining me. Okay, if we don't have anyone else that would like to speak at this moment, I would just like to say if there's anyone listening in on blog talk or viewing on Facebook, if you are 
in a place, especially during this holiday season. If you need help, reach out. Um, there are food banks, there are churches, there are community centers, um, there are organizations that is willing to help. Um, make your request known. Yeah. Let people let people know that you are in need. There's nothing to be ashamed of. There's nothing to be embarrassed of because we have all fallen short of the glory of God. We have all found ourselves in a place, whether it's been recently or in the past. But mm. you have to open your mouth and mm. say you can't be too proud. It's not begging. It's in the word. The word of God says make your request known. Yeah. So if you are in need, not just for yeah. prayer, but for whatever it is you need, when you take it to God, believe that your pray, your prayer will be answered. Yeah. Not only believe that your prayer will be answered, wait on the Lord. Trust God's plan. Yeah. Trust God's plan. We all yeah. have a assignment. We all have a place. In God's heart, mm. we all have a place in God. We cannot try to tell God mm. what we're going to do. We have to trust God's plan and just mm. wait on God. And when you make a request known and you believe, watch and see what God will do. Mm. Watch and see. So that's all, all I'm going to say concerning that right now. But I'm going to ask again, is, is there anyone on Blog Talk that has a comment they would like to share with us or anyone on Facebook would like to type in a comment that we can um, put out to the ministry team and we could address? Mm-hmm. The lines are open. Mm-hmm. Okay, I would like to say something. Again, this is Minister Sylvia Kaiser. Today is my sister's birthday, apostle-elect Dr. Cecilia Kaiser. Dr. Cecilia Kaiser is not just my friend. She's not just my blood sister. She's not just my prayer partner. She's my hero. Mm. She's also a veteran. And the reason I say she's my hero, because no matter what, she always says, she always says, trust God. She always mm-hmm. says, if nobody can do it, take it to Jesus. She mm-hmm. always gives you word by the word of God. You may not like what she says when she says it, but she's honest and she's going to say it whether you like it or not. And she's an encourager. Yeah. She she's a, a a how do you say a secret keeper. But she'll tell you when you're wrong. Mm. See, everybody needs a friend like that. See, we yeah. have sisters, we have brothers, but we don't always say they are also my friend. She's my BFF mm. from when we were children. Our parents. Mm told me 
I had to pre- we were so close in age that people thought mm. we were twins and I took my job serious by protecting my sister. And yeah. because I took my job serious, even at this age, she's very protective of her family. And I thank mm. God for because when I speak about my sister, it brings a smile to my face. Mm. We lost one of our sisters um, in July, and one thing I can say is that me and my sister, Cecilia, we carry the burden of losing a sister, but we also understood that she had children and we did not try to take over. She teaches us how to walk in a godly way, walk in a godly spirit, and to make sure that everything you do, you pray and ask God first and not try to take his glory. Because she always would say to me, Renee, what would Jesus do? What would God do with that? Would God say it like that? Would God mean it like that? Mm -hmm. Check yourself. Check the situation. Don't, Don't get mad at me. Don't, 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 you know, get mad at the messenger, but take mm-hmm. it to God. And I love that about her, and I thank God that I've had my sister all of my life and that even though we have been thousands of miles away from each other, the friendship, yeah. the sisterhood mm-hmm. has never vanished, has never stopped uh, mm-hmm. You can't say anything about my sister to me, and you can't say anything about me to my sister. When we were kids, our mother taught us we better not fight each other. We better not talk about each other. If we had something to say, we talked about each other's friends. <coughs> and if I knew you yeah. had a good friend, mm-hmm. I would find something about her, and I would talk about it knowing that that would make you mad. We never said anything bad to each other or about each other. Me and my sister talked on the phone basically every day for hours. Such a good mm. friendship and relationship. Sometimes we just hold the phone just to know the other one is there. <laughs> now that's a relationship. So I want to say to my sister, happy birthday, happy birthday, happy birthday. And I thank God for giving me you as a gift. That's what I wanted to say about my sister, or possibly like Dr. Luther. <laughs> um, so, amen. with that being said, I'm going to give you all our closing remarks. Our foundational scripture is Matthew 6 and 33. But seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. I thank God for Elder Ron Montgomery and Mother Tony. Montgomery being our speakers tonight, teaching us about family and about God's word. I thank them for giving us the um, email, God's family and marriage at gmail.com. Please don't hesitate to email them concerning um, problems that you have. They will be there for you. So uh, I want you all to know that we will be back here. Friday, yes. this Friday at 9 p.m. Central Standard Time, 10 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. I will be mm-hmm. your speaker, Minister Sylvia Kaiser, on Sunday mornings at 9.30 a.m. Central Standard Time, 10.30 a.m. Yes. Eastern Standard Time. Apostle-elect Dr. Cecilia Kaiser will be 
your speaker, along with my yeah. Minister Margaret McCord and Minister Brandon Kaiser. We would um, appreciate if you all would come back and support Smile to Eat, Iron Sharpening yeah. Iron Ministry. We love you all with the love of the Lord. There's nothing you can do about it. And I'm going to turn <laughs> it back over to the Montgomery so they can pray us out and close out our service. Thank you, well, thank you. Heavenly Father, we come before you, Lord, with humble hearts and bowed heads, to thank you, Lord, for letting us stand in your presence. Let us, let us sit at the, uh, the foot of your throne and listen to your words and inspire us to life the way you intend for us to live. That's a blessing come on the family that uh, was mentioned on the Facebook page, oh, Lord. Let us reach out and touch them and let your spirit bless them in a way that they need to be blessed, O oh Lord. We want to thank you for those who are summoned tonight and listen to the word. And Lord, yes. we just ask you to bless us all. Continue to pour out your blessings, particularly for the ministry of the Kaisers. Lord, we just ask that you continue to bless. We ask and we give thanks and these things in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Good night, everyone. Good night. Good night. Good night.